Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the podcast. That's right, the Roger Report's here with you again. I'm not sure how happy I am. I'm trying to sound much happier for you than I actually feel. Uh, you're joining us straight after the Southampton game, which was uh, forgettable. It would be nice to forget about it, but sadly we've got to talk about it because that's what we do here. Uh, we've got Captain Fishpaste on with us, which would be a delight to many of you fans. Um, yeah, and we're basically just going to see where we all went wrong. Um, typically, we've got Gav with us. Gav, how you doing? Not bad, mate, not bad. Not bad. We've got James. How are you doing, James? I'm all right, mate. You're I'm all right. right. You sound depressed. I don't blame you. <laughs> what about you, Tom? How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. And Fishpost, welcome. How are you doing, buddy? Thank you. I'm all right. I'm just going to sit here and impart wisdom, as I do. Well, that's a, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> Right, yeah, so it, it rarely goes well. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's start from the top then, shall we? Obviously, we got thrashed by Southampton yesterday. Uh, I'll probably field this one to Tom. Tom, what did you make of that performance, mate? Uh, well, first 15 minutes was brilliant. I thought, we were running the show. I thought, this is the dawning of a new era. We're taking that confidence from the 4-0 win uh, against Palace. Spraying it about, Yana Zyl up dangerous, making these jinking runs, Gibson and Ndong just spraying passes everywhere, and then we went 1-0 down and completely collapsed. Um, it was just the old... It just shows to me that that Crystal Palace game is just a game in isolation. Uh, we th- we thought that we built, on the, we built on the Tottenham game, got a solid clean sheet, they went to Palace, excellent from start to finish. And you think this is this is going to be finally the time where we start our like end of season run and we get to the, we somehow manage to do it again, but it's, it's it just shows the mental fragility of them yet again that once one goal goes in, then it's just they haven't they just look weak. The 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 defenders look like they've not played with each other before at straight, especially after. Have been so good and so solid against Palace and Tottenham, um, and then just two 0 down at half time. You think maybe there'd be a bit of fight, but I think we only had one shot. Then it was a pot shot from Indong. That was about seven minutes in, and then just every time Southampton come forward, they could have scored more if they really wanted to. Um, yeah, it was not expected, and it wasn't. It wasn't as bad performance it's not certainly not the worst performance I've seen but it's just 
galling, just disappointing that this just continues to happen month after month, no matter what we think we've turned a corner, and then there's just this complete mess just waiting for us. Right. And it's, yeah, it was rubbish, <laughs> in short. It was, it was like, wasn't it? I mean, we're, we're pretty accustomed to surrenders now, I think, at Sunderland. But um, it's hard to contemplate sometimes how gutless some of these players can be. We've come off a good draw against Spurs, a really good win last weekend against um, Palace, facing a team who have won, what, one in seven? They've got one eye on Wembley. They've got a weakened central defence with no Virgil van Dijk and Jose Fonts just left for, for West Ham. And we were just, as you said, we controlled the game for the opening 20. I thought Gibson looked really good. Um, and Dong was was was, was covering covering the whole park. It was really we were we were really really solid. But again, as soon as we conceded, the players just they cower. Um, they just they they looked like they didn't want the ball anymore. They were just hoping for someone else to to bail us out, and they're basically looking at Defoe. Um, I don't think Moyes can be completely blamed for them being spineless because whatever confidence they do seem to gain is so fragile that as soon as they go one down or as soon as they face adversity or, or the sign of a slight challenge, they, they just seem to go into their shell. Um, I mean, Moise's inability to influence the game positively is a bit worrying. Um, in, we very, very rarely look better after he's made a change um, and we nearly always look worse. I mean, Stephen Pienaar coming on at half-time... I mean that lad's completely finished. I mean, after t- he was just he just looked knackered after about fifteen minutes. He's like a he's like a shit Seb Larson or an even shitter Seb Larson. He's that bad. He's like just stealing a living. I mean, Saints are a, a are, are a better team than us. I mean, don't get me wrong, but we made it so easy for them, didn't we? It did get a bit. Um, there was a bit of a fair bit of capitulation there. I will admit. Uh, you're talking about Pinar. Uh, what did you make of it, Fishbase? The subs brought on by Moyes. Um, I, I don't think that he's got much to work with. To be perfectly honest, there wasn't anyone on the bench, bar and maybe a Kazri, who you would you would look at and think they're going to come on and make a, a real difference. And and especially when players on the pitch are actually actively hiding from the ball. Mm. You know, we're seeing it on even even on something as simple as taking a, a like a like hoying the like ball onto the pitch. I've got people standing next to Marcus. Southampton didn't have to mark us. We walked over t- to their markers so that they couldn't receive the ball. And it was just absolute cowardice. They're, they're making runs down, you know, like alleys, which they're never going to receive the ball. And that means that the person on the ball has to pass backwards and, and then we go absolutely, absolutely nowhere. And it's just, you know, I, I think I think that we can sit here and can blame Moyes all that we like, want, really. But if... It's, he's got nothing to work with. As, as, as long as those lads are in that frame of mind, he's got. There is no influence that that like he can have. And I know that it's easy to say, you know, well, their frame of mind is kind of like his job in a lot of sense. But you know, when they're on the pitch and they're behaving like that, and it's, you know, I, I actually feel for him. I really, really do. I like feel for him because we have to watch it, and he has to watch it too. And mm. it's. It's soul-destroying, it really, really is, because they just don't, as soon as the heads go down, I mean, we've, we've always had characters on the pitch, um, Catamol, Larson, and I actually think that 
it was a big issue that he, he removed Larson because he's the one who you kind of like, you know, him and, and Mike O'Shea were the two that he took off. And, you know, those two are the ones that we know are going to stand up and fight at some point, you know, that, that like have done for years. Uh, and but on that pitch now, there's just nobody who you would kind of put your, your like hat on, thinking you know I want to send them into a battle. And there's nobody on the bench that you would want to send into it either. Well, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I, I do want to come back to that subject later. She's saying about how he has very little to work with. I mean, but we've really got to consider that he's had two transfer windows to work with as well. But before we go back to that point, what about you, Gav? What did you make of the whole game? I'm delighted to hear what you have to think about it. <laughs> um... You see, for me, I think I think we knew, regardless of Southampton's form going into the game, that they have a good side. You know, the, the new striker scored the week before. Um, they, they spent a lot of money on him, so you know that's the kind of quality they've got. Um, players like Tadic, Redmond on on the wings, the full-backs are, are superb. Um, the central midfield players are consistent. You know, Steve Davis is. He's he's a he's been a brilliant servant for that club, and he's you know he's always quality. He's always six or seven out of ten. So we knew exactly what we were going to come up against. What what we didn't um, what we didn't do though was match them for work rate for desire. Um, but there was just a lack of fight. There was no sort of bottle there. I didn't think that I didn't think that we looked up for it. Had we been up for it and had we matched them on that level, we may well have scored goals. We may not have conceded in the manner that we did. To be honest, the way that we conceded the goals was the most worrying thing for me, I thought, towards the end of the game. Um, it's not the first time we've seen it this season, but it, it, it still is hugely worrying because players like Denier, Coney, even O'Shea, have, you know, they're the ones we're relying on now, from now until the end of the season. And you know they had real off days, O'Shea particularly. I, know, I, know, I do agree that his influence is huge. But uh, you know he got tortured in that first half. There was no surprise he came off the pitch. Um, but you know if we aren't going to match them in, in the quality department, which obviously we know we wouldn't because they have that many good players. You know Shane Long and Rodriguez sitting on the bench as an example. Those are the type of players they can bring on to influence games. We brought on Stephen Pienaar. We brought on Kazu with ten minutes ago who just didn't look up for it. Um, so you know if we can't match the quality on the pitch, you've got to better them in other areas. You've got to want it more. You've got to be more. You've just got to want the ball more, like we were last week against Palace. When you know you look at their team on paper, Ben Teke, Zaha, players like that, even Scott Dan at the back, quality centre half. You know they've got quality, but what they couldn't do was match us for our desire, and that's why we took them to bits in the way that we did yesterday. We just didn't look the same. We didn't look up for it, um, and that was worrying for me. I do think that I do think that the break's going to do us good. I know it's you know people say things like playing uh, soon after a defeat is probably better than having the big break because you want to get over it as a player, you want to, you know, you want to put things right. But from my perspective, I do think you look at the back of the results, December was massive for us. I mean, we played six, seven games, six games in January. We've already played a couple of times this month. I think the break's probably going to do the players good and it's needed. So, you know, even though we've lost... Um, I think the time for reflection is needed because otherwise, you know, we could have seen more of these type of results if we played next weekend, for instance. Mm, very good point. I mean, we've been talking about uh, who didn't really perform that well and who we'll be relying on. But Tom, what about was there anyone who came out of that game with any kind of uh, honour still intact, a bit of dignity? Um, 
tough, tough question. Um, we didn't, but didn't nah, uh, Manolo Gabardini was pretty good. I thought. Uh, uh, like I said, that first that first twenty minutes, every everything just seemed to click, and I thought the axis of Gibson in, in Dong in the in the middle was working really well. But then when that went to pieces, um, ah, he's not one to get praised often, and everyone seems to hate it when he does get praised. But I thought Yanazai was the only one who would give us any form of creative outlet from the beginning. Uh, again, again, I'm basing it off the first 20 minutes when he was beating players. He had a, he had a very good chance. The kind of he had a chance on the edge of the the corner of the box. It was like a big a knack to clearance, and he killed one. And it got deflected. Then he put he put a very good. Uh, it was a run and pass for Defoe and. Um, and then, well, unlike Defoe, I think he was coming out a bit too quick, and he just wasn't uh, just wasn't ready for it. But uh, yes, I don't know. It's the defense was terrible, and then it just all went to like it all went to pot. And I can't really pin it on. I can't really pin anyone who was that good. And there wasn't anyone that was like so so bad. It's just maybe I'm just getting immune to these kind of performances now. It's not like they're not shocking anymore. Getting Wallet four 0 at home isn't shocking anymore against like mid table teams. Like for instance, Southampton have lost to like Burnley. I think they got beat off Leicester, and it's just like, why can't we? This is a team you should easily put away because they they've uh, played more games than anyone else this season. They've got an eye on Wembley, and we just let them like many teams just come up and tickle our bellies and we rolled over. Um, good players don't know really. Don't care. <laughs> pretty damning damning from Tom fair enough what about you Jim <laughs> what did you make of it any decent players coming out of that I I, I thought Ndong was, was okay um, I mean again as as Tom said no one came out with with a with a lot of credit but I, I did think he he was one of the few who didn't shy away from wanting the ball uh, he covered quite a lot of ground as he usually does um, that's all That's uh, to be honest that's all we had I thought he was the only one of the midfield three um, after they scored that um, that we had any sort of stamp on the game. They were just, and even he, and even his stamp on the game was pretty minimal. We were just pretty dire, weren't we? Yeah, that's true enough. <laughs> Can't really get much. On Sounded so there. down there. I am sorry. <laughs> Sat down anyway. No one complained. I'm sure everyone's listening to this, like depressed anyway. Uh, for me, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I'm quite a. a a pessimist, so and I was furious by the by the time they'd scored uh, the second goal. So, uh, arguably, I mean, we we've spoken before about and Dong statistically, he, um, he he wasn't as good as he typically is when it comes to the stats in the game. Um, he gave away the ball uh, more than most, from all accounts. Uh, but what about fish base? What do you reckon about players that came out of that? Um, anyone decent? Anyone came out with a decent performance? Well, I can't say his name, but uh, I'll just say the lad who scored the own goal. Deny it. I thought, yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it was unfortunate the way that he, he scored the own goal. But he was, I think, he was the only one who looked like he was having any kind of assuredness on the pitch at all. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say he was good. He just, he just, I just don't think that he stank the whole uh, stage out like all of the rest of them did. Literally, all of the rest of them. And I'm a big fan of Ndong and, and everything, but. Um, I, I thought that he was poor. I really, really did. Fair enough. 
fair enough. I mean, what about you, Gav? Did you make anything out of that and take any decent players from that? Any good performances? Um, um, what about Oviedo? Uh, yeah, I was going to mention him, yeah. I think probably Oviedo had a decent game. Um, nowhere near as good as he did last week, mind. But um, he, he definitely put a shift in. I think you kind of have to sympathise with players like him and Gibson in a way they've been thrown into this. Mm. Uh, ideally, ideally they wouldn't be, but they have. So you're going to have to expect inconsistent performances, I guess, until until they find the feet. We've seen it with within Dong, haven't we? Really, you know, we talked about it last week. Um, it took him a while to get going when he did. It seemed to be clicking. You know, obviously, he wasn't as good yesterday, but he's again still put himself about. Was wanting the ball. Um, <clears throat> other than that. I'm really struggling to find a, a, a decent performance out of anybody. I think, I think, you know, when you get B four nil, it says it all really, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, unless, unless sometimes it happens when you you, you keep it as a good game. But I thought I was at an absolute stinker again. Yeah, um, you know, right. crap. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Same. He really is. He's, uh, he. I think he just he transmits anxiety um, to the whole back four. I, I, I don't rate him at all. I, I think he's um, he's really shaky. I don't think he commands himself well enough, um, and I just cannot wait till till Pickford's back. I think Manone he doesn't look like a keeper who is Premier League standard in in my eyes. Anyway, um, I think we need a bit more um, authority. Also, I mean Pickford Pickford almost wins you a game. You know, I mean he's, he's there's a couple of the couple of their goals where you wouldn't directly blame Minone, but you would certainly say that like he probably should have done a bit better, you know. Does that um, take the official tally of goals conceded by Minone to Southampton to twelve or is it larger than that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm curious about. I, I, I don't really want to look that up. But um yeah <laughs> moving on, we've got some questions on Twitter as we usually send them out and got some decent ones back in. Um I say decent. Everyone's as depressed as we are, so it's tempered tempered uh, pessimism uh, Mark Lee was our win against Palace a fluke or are we genuinely improving I'm going to hit up Gav with that question what do you reckon a fluke or are we genuinely improving um, I, I don't think it was a fluke I think we caught Palace on a bad day um, <clears throat> I think they under, underestimated us completely which was why we won the game it was a you know it was over in a spell of about three or four minutes wasn't it Um I think the, the manner of that performance was impressive because we took the team to bits devastatingly, which we don't usually do. Now, I think this week's result has probably proven that um, it was probably more of a case that Palace are just really bad rather than us being really good last week. Um, we have a player in Defoe who can win your games. We've known that for two years now. Uh, the issue is the players around him aren't good enough to put in two performances back to back, which which win your games. And sadly, um, it was proven this week. You know, I thought I thought in me, you know, deep down in my heart, I did really think we're going to build on this and we're going to we're going to do something to Southampton. I thought I looked at their form. I thought one one game in seven, lost the other six, can't win away from home. Um, manager's under a bit of pressure because he's you know picking the wrong players. Um, I just thought I thought this was a real opportunity to to kick on, and I did think that would do it because, you know, everything seemed to click last week. I saw no reason why it wouldn't this week. Um, miss, missing Rodwell, for instance, it shouldn't have been a big deal, but I think it was because, you know, I'm not we his biggest fight, fan. Didn't we? You know, yeah, we did, 
we just lacked something. I don't know. I don't know whether it's Seb Lawson. He just doesn't impress us at all. Hasn't done for a long time. Mm. And I wonder whether he would have actually played even if Rodwell was fit. I think maybe Rodwell and Gibson might have played with Ndong. Um, whether that would have made a big difference, I don't know. Probably not. You know, I just think it's disappointing how we weren't able to back the last game up because we are we are in a in a position where we can only save ourselves. You know, the teams around us are only going to lose games so long before they start picking points up. And it's amazing, really, that we're still within touching distance because, you know, we've we've been that bad this season, and then we're bottom of the league. And yet, yesterday we could have come off the bottom and out of the bottom three with a win. Now that amazes me. Um, and I said it, I said it in the bit that I wrote for the site today. If that's not enough to motivate you as a player to win games, or at least show that you want to win, then what is? Because, yeah. you know, we've got uh, as a player. You, it's in the back of your mind. You're like, right, today we're playing an outperformed team at home in front of our own fans. There's going to be forty odd thousand of them. Um, you know, what else do you need? What, what else do you need to motivate you? Knowing that winning that game, take out the bottom three, they, they didn't look up for it at all. I thought, I just thought it's poor preparation on both parts, the manager and the players. I thought they just, you know, maybe they underestimated Southampton a little bit, like Palace did us last week, because you know we we, we set up in exactly the same way. And expected the same results, but unfortunately we just weren't good enough. We didn't we didn't press high enough up the pitch, um, which made it very easy for Southampton because their their best play comes from out wide. And as you all know, we've got virtually zero pace in our team, which then makes it very hard for us to you know get forward and break against them. So yeah, not the best. I say I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty despondent. Like I just can't I can't get myself back in that positive frame of mind that I was in last week I feel probably more down now than I have at any point this season because they really let us down yesterday mm. you know they weren't able to follow up that, that good performance last week with a with another and that that's pretty galling isn't it mm, yeah I, I completely agree with that um, on that note I mean obviously there was there was an opportunity there we felt what do you make of it Tom do you think that's an opportunity missed should we have taken more from that? I mean, obviously we want more from that, but is that a real opportunity considering the games that we've got coming up and what we've actually got left to play for? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the the run of fixtures after after uh, we come back from this little break, they're pretty hard. I mean, um, I'm going in front of me, but uh, away at Everton, and then we've got massive games against both Middlesbrough and Burnley, and if they can't. And the, those games are the one. I mean, Burnley not so much because I think they'll be fine. But against Middlesbrough away, I mean, what? Um, oh, Man City as well. Great Man City. Yeah, Man City on the telly. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> excellent. speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah Man, Man City, City on the telly. Um, yeah, we can't get ourselves up for a game where it should have been. It should have been meat and drink, as we've mentioned. They'd, they'd lost six out of seven, and it's a team that can't. Went away. They've got no defence, low confidence. Cup final coming up, and we just let just as always, as always, like Sunderland, just let them come up and just help themselves. We've seen it so many times over the years. Teams like Aston Villa, Norwich, just come up and just slaughter us because we just don't want it as much as they do. And I don't see. I know we say every year that we don't know how we're going to get out of this, but when is this? When is this resurgence going to start? Because under Allardyce, it started in in the uh, at the turn of the year. We won very important games against Swansea and Aston Villa, and then from about February onwards, we beat Man United, and then we went on this 
not incredible run, but just a good, solid run, not me, not losing many matches. Whereas now we've won one game in January. Sorry, it wasn't. We didn't win any games in January. We've won one game in February against a Crystal Palace team, or one of the worst I've seen in the Premier League, and will probably come down with us. And the games against Southampton, the mid-table like teams who have pretty much nothing to play for, they should be battering them. You've seen how like Burnley have just been. All they've done is just win the games at home, and that should that should just be it. You create your fortress. You don't like the Stadium Light is not a fortress. It hasn't been for donkeys years. Teams know that they can come up here, one goal in, that's done. That's their afternoon finished. And it's only on these rare occasions where like the stadium's bouncing, and then we pull out a result. It's usually it's usually the atmosphere is usually flat. This is not a dig at the fans by any means because we've had to sit through rubbish for years on end. The atmosphere is flat. The team's flat, and then they don't. We have about we had about like you said it was perfect yesterday. Ten minutes spell, didn't capitalise on it. Going to our shell and that was it. Awful. And and these these coming weeks, I mean, does, does anyone honestly think we'll go to Everton and beat them, or go to Middlesbrough and beat them? Although I can tell you now, the Middlesbrough game will be nil nil because they just draw every game nil nil. <laughs> um, like I, I said, that, you're asking the wrong person if you think I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. The Palace game was amazing, but it's looking. It just looked like it looks more and more like a complete fluke, a complete anomaly. Unfortunately, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's it. That's all there is to say about that. Uh, well, regardless of that, obviously there were some other results from the weekend which you could argue were favourable for us. Um, what would you make of that fifth base? Do you reckon there's there's still a possibility? There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I think we've been in worse kind of spots than we are this season. I think um, 2014 we were we were completely gone. So uh, I think you've always got to have hope. If we can be this bad and be just within one win of being out of the uh, relegation zone, then I think that that's kind of like it, it offers a lot of hope because it's, it, 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 it says how bad everybody else must be that they can't cut us off at the bottom. You know, I think. I think before, I mean, I know that the a Palace game kind of, kind of like skewered the, the expectations in a way, uh, and then we kind of it becomes a, a a missed opportunity, really, you know. But I think that if we went into the, the games against Spurs, Palace, and Southampton, I think most of us would have taken four points out of them. You know, would have would have kind of accepted getting beaten by Spurs. Would have been thrilled with a point against. A palace, and we would hope to have beat a Southampton. I think if it happened that way, we would all be kind of like City, thinking, looking back at thinking it's not a bad run, but it's just because of the manner of the defeat. I think that kind of like makes it hurt a lot more. You know, it makes it look mm. much worse than it is. But you, you can also say that if you were only going to win one of those three games and we won the one that we needed to win you know I mean that was the one that we really really needed to win that keeps everybody else down there so I, I do kind of see I don't think I've got a lot of faith that things are going to change because because Saturday was I mean let's face it it was as bad as anything that we've ever seen and we've seen five years of total you know nonsense there you know and that was as bad as as I can I thought that Stoke was bad but that was even worse so, I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in this squad, but I do have a little bit of hope. Just 
just because I mean, it, you, you only need one good run. I think. I think we we'll forget one good run, we'll be fine. Um, I think it's all about who peaks at, at the right time. We've shown that, you know, year on like year now. It isn't about who starts the best. It's about who's who's safe at the turn of the year. It's about who peaks at the right time. They're the ones who like survive. We showed it. Leicester showed it. Plenty of teams have. There's a lot of games left to like play. It's it's looking bleak, but you know, it was looking bleak before we played Palace, and then you know, like winning, everyone's thrilled again, everyone's up for it again. So I mean, the, it can change. It's just at the minute, it just it just stings like hell because mm. it was just so bad. But it can I, change. I, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with you. It is an all doom and gloom because, as Gab said um, just before, the standard in the league. It's not. It's it's not that great. I mean, we've been predominantly shit for the whole season, and we, you know, we're we're one win off. I think what seventeenth seventeenth place. And you think, as Michael's just said, if you can put a couple of results together, I mean, you, you can get out of it. I mean, Leicester look like they're in complete freefall. I mean, they were again absolutely dire against Swansea today. Um, I, I I don't think Borough. Or anything to anything to shout about. They can't score goals. They look fairly solid, but you know, point, one point every couple of weeks isn't going to keep you up. Um, you look at the upcoming fixtures, and if you can get something, um, if you can get well, at least a point away at Borough, um, Burnley, and Burnley aren't anything really on the road. So I mean, we, we should be looking to beat Burnley, and then you have got Watford, Leicester. There's some games in there, and if you if you can get yourself you know, six or seven points from those four games, you probably probably jump in a couple of spaces and staying in touch. Um, as long as we're, we're still in touch going into the last four games when we've got you know, Bournemouth, Hull, Swansea, and then we go, we go away to Stamford Bridge at the final of the season. I, I don't think we're out of it yet. The, the problem we have is um, it's this soft underbelly we have. We need to make sure that... Maybe we need a, a Lee Catamol back. We need a, we need another leader, don't we? We need someone who's going to go and grab a grab a game by the scruff of the neck, or maybe grab one of his teammates by the scruff of the neck, because um, that's what we don't have at the moment. Or grab an opponent by the scruff of the neck, or grab the yeah, or grab, by the anyone. Scruff of the neck. Just grab, grab anyone, grab anyone by the scruffs <laughs> of their necks and batter everyone up and down the pitch, because that's all we really want to see. Just turn it into a blood sport, so we can all have a bloody yeah. good time. Well, <laughs> it, it, we need you need a bit of passion, don't you? Um, hopefully, when we get a couple of these players back, I mean, Pickford gives you passion. Um, Catamon will give you it. I mean, I don't know how far away Catamon is from coming back, but I mean, we should be looking at he. We need him to make a to make a massive, massive difference. Is that too much pressure to put on someone like Lee Catamon? He's on it though, doesn't he? I mean, oh, he's a kind of player. That, I mean, he's he's got broad shoulders. Mm. Certainly, I, I agree. He's got broad shoulders, and he's certainly no stranger to this sort. Of, well, he's no stranger to Sunderland, is he? Really, this is a very unique Sunderland issue that we have. It's um, it's something very specific for us. But um, yeah, with regards to whether or not he'll make a difference, of course, you hope he's going to make a difference because he's he's one of those characters. He's a proper leader on the pitch. He's aggressive. He sets the tone, doesn't he? At the start of the game, 
he'll, he'll go in on someone if he can get away with it. If the ref's not looking or whatever, he'll, he'll set the tone and he won't allow younger players around him. But my counter-argument to that is, and I'm only spitballing here, I haven't really thought about this beforehand, but when you consider that Moyes has brought in all of these experienced players, and when I say experienced, I mean old, essentially, they're all old heads in the dressing room, aren't they? So will he actually have the same effect? Will it be the same as working with some younger foreign players or indeed just foreign players who are coming in and they're still learning the ropes? Is it going to have the same effect with uh, predominantly British players in their 30s? Uh, is, is he still going to be able to like, like shut up to Gibson and sort him out? Do you know what I mean? Is that really going to happen? Is he he's going to turn around to Stephen Pienaar and be like, just just do your fucking job? Do you know what I mean? That's the sort uh, of thing we, I'd be interested in. So, to be honest, that, that's... That's a really good point. I I genuinely haven't thought of that. I mean, you would have thought someone like Gibson from Derry. I mean, he's he's going to be tough. You know, I, I think Gibson is, is a good signing, and I think once he gets a bit more match fitness and he gets a bit sharper, I think he'll make a difference. Actually, um, you'd like to think that Lee Catamol, no matter who's in front of him, he's going to say what he thinks, and he's going to he he cares. I think he cares more than he he knows that he cares more like a fan, doesn't he? I mean, he's. It sounds a bit cliche, but he but he does. I think he he wears his heart on his sleeve, and you'd like to think you'll still have that impact. Or oh, we bloody hope he still has that. Impact. Yeah, it's the hope. It's the hope that kills you, though, isn't it? What do you make of fish based? Um, I just think that you know, I think if you're comparing a Catamol with someone like a Gibson, you know, Catamol in terms of in terms of years, he he hasn't. I think he isn't as old as, as like Gibson, but I think he must have played about three or four times the like amount of games he's got. So much more experience just because he actually started early. I think, I think that's got to count for you know something when people listen to him and and we've seen him pull people like O'Shea, like around the pitch and Brown when they were when, when like he was here. You know, I, I think I think if you're a leader, which is what he is, I think I think people listen to you regardless of your age. Mm. I, I don't think that really comes into anything. You know. Mm, certainly, I mean, I wouldn't argue that it was so much about his age, but as I say, more about these players have been around the block as well, sort of thing. And arguably, a lot of them have come in here for their last payday, or we could say their last attempt at getting their careers back on track, or just trying to squeeze as much blood from that stone as is possible in their in their later years. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic, though. It's, it's certainly up for debate. But, um, of course, because we're limited by time, and we certainly want to cater to the people. We have to bring up New York, our trip to New York, the squad's trip to New York. Now, this has been quite a contentious subject. Uh, many people, um, former players, uh, local reporters, national reporters, for whatever that makes a difference, to be honest, with whether that means anything to you. Um, and indeed, the fans have had their say about this. Um, Pretty divided, I would say. It's pretty, pretty. It seems to be like a pretty much fifty-fifty split between the fans over whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. And I suppose it really comes down to whether or not you think it's uh, that it has any point, that it serves any purpose. And there certainly seems to be a lot of confusion and a lot of um, grey areas. Really, no one seems to know exactly what they're going for. Where are they going to be training at top-notch facilities? Are they not? We've we've had some. Hilarious arguments on Twitter about this, but um, I'm going to give it over to Gav because Gav certainly has something to say about it. What do you make of it, buddy? Um, I, I, th- I find the whole hysteria over um, the squad going abroad, regardless of where it is, pathetic. If I'm honest, I don't find, you know, I don't find it relevant where they're going. 
as long as they're doing something which breaks up the monotony of training every day, uh, which clearly isn't working because we're bottom of the league and we can't string two results together. Uh, I don't see why it's an issue. You know, I've seen. <clears throat> well, I had this. I had this argument as you all seen with with uh, Graham Anderson on Twitter, the former uh, Sunday Deco journalist. He was of the belief that it was pointless and that you know we needed to go somewhere where there was warm weather training because. New York isn't renowned for its um, fine sporting facilities, I guess, or team bonding facilities. And I was, you know, kind of thrown off by it because I think the whole point of the trip isn't about that. It's about getting these players away together as a group, um, spending time together, getting to know each other more, getting to know the manager more, uh, bonding, enjoying themselves, maybe, you know, just something different. We have to try different things if we're going to survive because... Whatever we've done for the first, God knows how long, you know, many months we've played so far this season, isn't working. We're bottom of the league. Um, we don't look like getting out the bottom three anytime soon. So I'm not going. I'm not saying that going to New York is going to turn our season around. But what I'm saying is, it, it could be beneficial. And if it is, then why is that a bad thing? Why is that a bad thing in anyone's book? I just, I can understand that in many people's eyes, uh, it's it's a bit of a treat. Um, they're going. They're going to go and watch some sport, and they're going to visit a few landmarks and things like that. And you know, we've just been hammered, so people are seeing it as a bit of a treat for the players. But at the same time, I don't think. I think they're missing the point. I don't think it's a treat. They were going regardless of the result yesterday, um, which to me makes all points since irrelevant. They're going for a specific reason, and that's the bond off the pitch. If it works, if we come back. And we'll look a lot better than great, you know. If we don't, then, then I'll eat my words and I'll, I'll be like, yeah, fair enough. But at the minute, I can't see why anybody has an issue with us going and trying to do something different, which is a break-up of the monotony of day-to-day training in Sunderland. You know, the weather's going to be worse than this here for a start. So it's not as though they're going somewhere and being pampered. Um, they're going somewhere They're going somewhere just to, to change it up. And for me, that can only be a positive, if anything, because whatever we're doing now just doesn't work. Yeah, I'm I'm with Gav on this entirely, really. I mean, I think I think when you're sitting there in the ground and it's freezing cold and you're watching your team getting absolutely stuffed and putting in no effort whatsoever, I think it's very easy to kind of like resent it and and kind of like, in fact, you almost you almost bay for blood, don't you? You kind of like think, oh, I want them to suffer for this, you know, for putting me through this and like doing this. I don't want them to get treats and everything, but. At the end of the day, it's it's more about what's what's what what's going to work for the club and work for the team and 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 you know if and and and, and, and they are footballers obviously, but they're, they're also people and people need a break, people need to relax. Um, a Brian Clough always used to say, you know, it's uh, that the players would only play their best if they're relaxed and don't have stress and you know they've had a bit of R and R and you know and. and it must actually be difficult for them, you know, you know, having this constant concern about a relegation, you know, um, just as it is for us. Um, so it's, I just think that, you know, yes, it's annoying. It was cold. We got stuffed. We should make them suffer. But, you know, there's a, a much larger picture here. There really is. And I don't think it's, I don't think that it can do any harm, but it might just do some good. I'd, I'd completely agree again. Uh, I'm glad we're all on the same page here because I think some of the some of the things that's been on social media have just been 
as Scott said, but pathetic, really. I mean, it's it's almost like we. I mean, we are a bit jealous. They're all going off to New York for a week or so. But I mean, anything that breaks up the monotony and I guess anything that brings them together. Um, I mean, getting away from the city, getting away from the club, um, getting away from from I guess the UK and 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 the spotlight of the of the Premier League. That that might make a huge difference, you know. If it, if it if it brings a team together as well, you know. It'd be fantastic because team spirit and I guess togetherness, as cheesy as it sounds, has kept us up in past seasons almost, hasn't it? And you know, if if this contributes even five percent towards that, then it's worth it. Um, it's not like they're going to be out there and going on the piss every night, is it? They'll still be training, and I, I think I think it's a it's a decent idea, um, and I don't see how it can how it can harm really. Fair enough. Well, I mean, while I do ultimately agree with all of you. Uh, the, it, the the hysteria, the mass hysteria that's followed the the announcement that they'll still be going on their long planned journey, uh, regardless of the result, is it's a bit much. It's a bit much. And I'm, but as Michael says, I can completely appreciate that you do want them to suffer. You do want them to to be punished in some way, physically, mentally. But if you really take a step back and you really look at what you need, the last thing you need is a punished squad. The last thing you need is a squad that's down on itself, that that knows the fans hate it and that they don't get anything nice as a result or anything like that. But yeah, with with regards to that, what actually concerns me about this trip to America is something actually taking us back to Sam Allardyce. Um, I think he said it in his autobiography as well, actually, but he also said it when he was here. It was more to do with pre-season, taking them to America, taking any squad to America, and he described it as a waste of time. He thought it was a waste of time, it was too long a journey, you had to deal with jet lag, uh, it wasn't really worth it because they were perfectly fine examples of brilliant training facilities and team-building activities much closer to home, which were cheaper, they were easier to get to, they were you know, all, all the more, more efficient. And when we're looking now... Uh, I mean, again, it's hard to make this comparison because we're not entirely sure what's going on with the injury problems that this squad has. But we've made, um, obviously, at the start of the season, we made some um, some sort of connections there. But why is it that Sam Allardyce can keep these players fit uh, when another supposedly pedigree manager can't do that? And again, a, a manager who's been training squads for a long time. Um, why are they not able to do it? Is it just the players? Is it, potentially, yeah, because we've got Catamol who is not exactly uh, constantly fit. Do you know what I mean? He suffered injuries before Allardyce showed up, and he suffered injuries before, um, yeah, after Allardyce showed up. Obviously, um, with regards to Moyes actually getting anything out of it, whether there'll be a genuine boost or a focus from the team, we don't know, do we? Because this is a it's all at high club level. Do you know what I mean? And obviously this, this thing was planned a long time ago. This was planned before, well, a long time ago in football terms anyway. It was planned during this break. Uh, this break's been set in place for a while now. It's been written in stone. And that's the decision he's made. I suppose ultimately we just, as you say, we have to let him take them abroad and get on with it and see if they actually come back feeling better, see if they come back feeling more united. It's interesting, though, as well, I'd just like to throw in again, when you consider the hashtag Keep the Faith sort of uh, public relations campaign that we seem to have going now at the club, uh, it does make you wonder about Bain's involvement in this sort of thing, uh, whether or not he has those sort of connections to make that happen. I think, ultimately, the point I'm trying to get at is that, yeah, same as all of you, if it works, fantastic. Um... 
If not, uh, Gav says he'll be eating his words, but I'm not sure that he would even have to eat his words because it won't actually be his fault, will it? We can't guarantee that if they've gone to Austria or stayed in Sunderland that they're actually going to perform any differently. So there's obviously some grand plan there from people who get paid a lot of money to make these decisions and have a lot of experience making these decisions, and maybe we should just trust them with it and see where it goes and put our <laughs> our ire to one side for the time time being, at least. Let's not forget, though, Demo, uh, you know, Sam took the players to Dubai last year, and, you know, we were in, we were in a rut then, and they went abroad. He called it a mini pre-season, didn't he, or a mini break, because... Yeah. You know, a lot of managers are of the belief that we do need a break over the winter. And like I said earlier, we've played six games December, six games January. Now, <clears throat> there's people with an old-fashioned mentality that think, well, they're just footballers who get paid a load of money and they need to, you know, they need to just get on with it. That's how many games they've got to play do it. But at the end of the day, they're still human beings. They're still, you know, flesh and blood and they need to be rested. So if if this scene is beneficial in that sense, then I honestly can't see why it's a big deal. You like to say, Allardyce took the players to Dubai last about this time last year, didn't he? Um, after all the games in January, and we stayed up. It could have been that, that that break did us the world of good and set us off. You don't know really. Um, and and Moyes has done this before. He took his players to New York before when he was at Everton. He actually said that in his press conference when he was asked about it. He said. Uh, he's done this before and it worked, so he wants to try it again. Well, by all means, do it. In my book, it doesn't matter what part of the world. He could have told us that they were going to the south of France for a couple of days and he's done that before Everton and it really wouldn't have bothered us because at the end of the day, whatever they want to do, wherever they go, it's obviously being seen as beneficial to a longer you know, a longer-term goal, which is, of course, keeping us up and, and getting the players in a, in a frame of mind for what's going to be a tough run of games. Now, if taking them to another country is going to do that then just let them get on with it and don't bitch and moan about it on on twitter i know i know obviously people aren't going to agree with what we're saying here uh, there are people who think that they don't deserve it but at least give them the chance to just go away try something different come back and then see what happens because at, at the minute whatever we're doing isn't working you know mm, yeah um yeah, absolutely. That I suppose that's ultimately the point. Um, we're running out of time. These, there's some fascinating points have been raised, but just on a side note to that, the way our fans have reacted, or the way a large amount of our fan base has reacted, uh, are we all under the general consensus? Do we do we all generally agree that there is some sort of burgeoning division between fan base and club. I mean, obviously, we're in a rut. It's bad for everyone. People spend their money. They suffer these horrible temperatures and these horrible performances, and they get personally angry. But in reality, are we are we looking at something different now? Are we looking at something different compared to the last few years where we were all able to say, oh, well, get behind the lads, do you know what I mean? We'll, we'll be able to push forward through this. We'll have our our annual run of form, 10 games or so, and we'll, we'll somehow stay up just by the skin of our teeth? Or is it fair to say that it's gotten to the point where, also due in part to Moyes' um, negativity from the very beginning of his tenure, that there's certainly an expectation from the fans that this is all going to go horribly wrong and this is finally the season that we bite the bullet. What would anyone say about that? Is that, is that too far? I would say so. Um, too I- far? <laughs> I, I I I don't think it's it, it doesn't it doesn't really feel any different to any other season. I think people have short memories. I mean, we've been just as despondent every bloody season, haven't we? Um, I think 
I think we I think we can still get out of this. I think I think the fans on the whole are I think everyone's everyone's behind the lads, and I think all we need is a couple of wins. We saw the positive reaction after the Palace result. I know it was a it was a four 0 win, but I think even if we'd have ground a result out, you can see the positivity come back. We're all as football fans. I think we're naturally fickle, aren't we? Um, you know, when we get beat, it's you know the end of the world, and then we win with you know everything's rosy again. So. You know, if if we can get a good couple of results over the over the next coming weeks um, after the break, you know, I'm I'm still positive and and still optimistic that we can get out of it. Um, but uh, that's just me, I guess. Well, that's it, I suppose. At the end of the day, all we have is hope. All we have is hope and faith. So let's keep the faith hashtag and get behind the lads and all that jazz. And hopefully, it will pay off. Hopefully, they'll come back from New York. Uh, with a new spirit, a new a newfound bond that's going to help us stay up for just one more season. Well, that's all we have time for. Thanks very much, lads, for joining me. Thanks for you, or thanks to you in the audience for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe on the Acast app and on iTunes. Um, hopefully, well, I'm not sure if we'll be back next week or not. We'll have a we'll make a decision on that afterwards. Maybe not. If not, we'll see you after the next match, and hopefully, you enjoy your time not witnessing Sunderland lose or not witnessing something win and then lose immediately afterwards in order to really kick you in the guts so yeah that's all we've got time for and this is Laura Grubor signing off Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.